0: Hello, welcome along. This is episode number 25 of the Influence Podcast. And today, something a little bit different. Very, very excited to introduce an interview, absolute, uh actually, with uh, a young gentleman called Caden Santanir. And Caden is the founder of the Young Entrepreneur Podcast. Now, I was approached um, about a month or so ago by Caden's mum. Uh, we, uh, we met at an event uh, in London. And uh, she was really, really keen for me to have a conversation with Caden uh, through the work that he does with Instagram, building his business, um, and how he's actually using social media to start building a business as well. So... I went uh, on an interview with uh, with Caden for his podcast. And this is what we're going to hear today is actually a copy of that particular interview. So it's a slightly different format in that Caden's the one doing the, the asking the questions. He's sort of doing the interview from the perspective of, uh, a four, I love it. A fourteen-year-old, uh, fourteen-year-old lad who is really just sort of, just sort of getting started, really, uh, in this world and and understanding, um, setting up a business online, uh, using social media not just for social. This is the thing I think is great, not just for social but actually for business, and uh, and and as well, just really, just just starting, sort of um, trying to get an idea from me as to to ha- my journey over the past few years, um, three years or so uh, through through uh, building a business online and also asking a number of questions around say finance and uh, goal setting and what success looks like and all these kind of things and so it's a, it was a really really enjoyable interview, um, took me back a little bit to, to when I was uh, working as a teacher but very very different topics and very very different questions to talking you know t- teaching French and Spanish to suddenly talking about um, life goals and, and success and uh, finance and business building and all these kind of things so it was a it was a real privilege for me to be on the on the podcast. Uh, it's again the, the podcast is called the Young Entrepreneur Podcast. I will pop links in the show notes so you can take a listen to that. Uh, it's as I say, it's a slightly different format. So it is it's Caden who's interviewing me. Uh, so I don't necessarily direct the, the the conversation such that comes from him but I do trust that it will give you quite a useful insight as to well certainly the mind of a 14 year old entrepreneur but also perhaps he the, the I love the sort of the innocence of, of a number of the questions as well and it may be and I do trust that there's some useful nuggets in there for you um, and, and again perhaps the type of questions that you're thinking but you never really have asked or never really wanted to ask so I do trust that there'll be useful things in there for you as well Um it gets started with a, a little bit of a conversation, a bit of back and forth, because uh, it was the first time that we'd actually met. We hadn't met previously, and, and the, the full conversation was done online. But then it very quickly goes into the uh, into the interview. So, uh, without any further introduction, let me let me hand over to, to Caden and just say uh, enjoy this interview uh, as as much as I did. I really hope that you do with young entrepreneur Caden Santanier, and uh, I do trust that you enjoy this. And of course following on um, that, that there's a few nuggets that you take away from this as well. Let's do it, let's dive in, and I'll hand over now to the interview with Caden.
1: Why, why did you choose Instagram over all the other social media options?
0: Well, I started three years ago, and at the time, Instagram was pretty much the fastest growing platform. Um, so we kind of timed it perfectly. The guy who,
1: who mentors me, I have a mentor,
0: do you have do you have a coach or have you got a mentor
1: at the moment? Uh yeah, I've got I've got someone called Julian Hall. Uh, he runs okay. a kid. He runs the company that helps young entrepreneurs. Um, you? uh, Rob Moore. Yeah. And David Kavanaugh, He's he's internet marketer as well. Okay, I'll have to check those guys out. I've heard of Rob Moore. I think I've heard of Julian Hall as well. Mm. Let me check
0: them all out. Um. Perfect.
1: So, yeah. So I I started on Instagram because my mentor Paul, he he did the same with Twitter ten years ago when Twitter
0: was just getting well, just starting to get big and getting mainstream. And then when I started three years ago, Instagram was exactly the same. It was just starting to become big. It was just starting to become mainstream. More and more people were using it, and um, and there was a great opportunity there because it had also been bought by Facebook. Mm. So it was. We were expecting Facebook to put quite a lot of money into that area, quite a lot of money into Instagram. Um, And and it seems to have been the case. And I've just been looking at a training today, and it actually suggests that um, people
1: using Facebook are declining. So it's actually on the decrease, people using Facebook,
0: particularly in the big countries where Facebook makes most of its money, like the US, the UK, across Europe, Australia. Um, But... The good news for you and me is that more, more people are still going onto Instagram, even in those countries. So that's good for us because it means more customers.
1: Yeah, like a lot of people my age, we don't use Facebook at all. Like I don't know. No. I don't know one or Twitter actually. I don't know one of my one <laughs> of my friends that uses Facebook or Twitter. So I think for our age group, Instagram. For my age group, Instagram is a big thing.
0: Yeah.
1: But like. If, because like there's now this Snapchat and LinkedIn and stuff like that, have you not thought about moving over to another social media platform? Yeah, it's a
0: it's a, it's a fair question. Um, I think I think for me at the moment, I've found that the the best advice that I've been given, and this includes people like Paul, my mentor, and even Rob Moore as well. When I spoke with him, um, is to become a real expert in one specific area. So, I try and focus all my knowledge and expertise on Instagram. Because I think if I could understand that and learn that really, really well, and have a really in depth knowledge of that, that uh, platform, then I can help more and more people. If I was starting to look at Snapchat or other platform, even TikTok, which is uh, quite a big platform at the moment, you're probably using that. Um, I I think if I was doing that, then I would, I'd start to lose my knowledge and understanding of Instagram. So for me, at the moment, I'm I'm going down that route of being really, really focused on one thing and just getting really, really good at that, and then teaching, speaking to people about that, training people about on how to use Instagram for their business and build their brand. And at the moment, there's still a, a lot of business, a lot of opportunity there, so I'm I'm happy hmm. where I am for now.
1: What what did you What did you do before you started becoming an Instagram expert? Then,
0: um, if I tell you, do you probably promise you won't cancel the call?
1: I'll try not to.
0: (laughs) So I used to be a teacher. I was a French and Spanish teacher for eight years. Yeah. So a bit of a change. I still get to do teaching, but obviously a different age group. I used to teach high school, which is obviously uh, your age group now, Um, but moved away from that and now outside the classroom still teaching, but business owners and entrepreneurs as Mm -hmm. well.
1: Uh, I'm doing French for my GCSE, so yes. How's it going? Not very good. Uh I don't, I don't get on with languages. No. No. Tell
0: you the be- I tell you the best way to learn is to for a big long holiday in France with the family. You'll have to ask them to take you there
1: for a. Holiday. We did. We did that in the summer holidays, <laughs> and I actually, I oh, think, perfect. I think I learned more there than I did in yeah. like most of that year learning mm. French. So. Yeah, yeah,
0: you would do. You would. It's the same with your business. If you're if you're in the, your business all the time, you're learning. You're using all the social media platforms. You'll be learning it a lot faster. And it's mm. the same with languages. Like, same with anything.
1: Yeah. So what made what made you change from being a teacher to being a business owner?
0: It's a good question. Um, I I never really wanted to be a business owner. I know that. I I left teaching because I'd really I felt a bit limited in the classroom and I realised that the people that I was teaching generally students that I was teaching and um, didn't really enjoy languages I've got to be honest, didn't really enjoy languages and for me as a teacher it was quite difficult to teach people something that they didn't want to learn um, as, as as much as maybe I enjoyed it it was something that other people didn't want that the students and children didn't want to learn maybe three or four out of the whole classroom would enjoy it but the rest of them wouldn't Um, maybe that was just my teaching, I don't know, Um, but I find now that it's totally the opposite where lots and lots of people want to know um, information that I now have about Instagram and about online business, so it's totally changed because all of a sudden people are coming to me and asking all the time, how do you do this, how can I learn about this, and it's a a much nicer way of looking at it, uh, a much nicer sort of, uh, way for me to approach it, I guess. But then also, I find it—I find it means that I can actually contact and reach and influence and impact on more people because I, I'm not restricted to 30 people in the classroom. But I can do it online. I can have three, four, five, six hundred people on a webinar at one time. Or if I'm speaking on stage uh, in South Africa, we have three thousand uh, people in the room. So it's much more potential to reach a bigger audience this way than originally when I was teaching in the classroom.
1: Yeah, yeah, of course. So for Instagram, do you still do adverts on Instagram to create business or do you just teach people how to use Instagram?
0: So I do a little bit of both. I do both. I I teach people how to use Instagram and I um, talk about the benefits of Instagram and that's generally me at events and speaking at various different places. But then I also run adverts on Instagram and Facebook so that I can generate more leads for my business. And online the business is still exactly the same. It's still teaching people and training people. But rather than selling or rather me going to speak at different places, I sell an online training program where people can learn how to grow their brand and build their authority for their, their brand on Instagram.
1: So you mentioned that Paul was your mentor uh I've I've heard Paul speak before and yeah. uh, I think my mum is doing some of his stuff. Uh, yeah. But how did you how did you meet him?
0: How did we meet? Well, have you so just just so I I know so have you been through any of Paul's training?
1: Um not his specific course but I've, at uh, Rob's events I've heard him speak.
0: Okay, great. Have you got the have you got his book? I need money.
1: Um, I think my parents might do. I'm not sure.
0: Okay. Well, if not, let me know, and I'll send you a copy.
1: Oh, thank you okay. very much.
0: I'll make sure you. No, that's a, a bit my pleasure. So I'll let me know if you don't have a copy, and I will send you one. Okay. Um, thank you. And I'll, I'll make sure you've got that because it would be great if you can start to learn some of the things that he teaches in that book. Book, and the reason that I ask, and and part of, I'm sorry, it's not quite answering your question. I know, but. Part of the reason that I enjoy teaching with Paul is because his new business now focuses on um, educating children, how, to, or educating parents about how they can support their children to become financially smart and financially free. And one of the things that I want to support him with in the future is teaching children and teaching parents of children how they can do that as well. Mm. So it comes for me, it comes back full circle. I'm not necessarily teaching French and Spanish, but I get to teach... Possibly, maybe, arguably, more um, sort of more broad uh, the more broad topic of money and money management and how to be financially smart. So yeah, if you don't have a copy, let me know and I'll I will send across one to you. That would be my pleasure.
1: Thanks very so, much. No, it's a pleasure. So to answer your question, um,
0: when I was when I left teaching, I moved to Australia and I spent a year working in Australia and travelling. And I spent all of my money and then when I decided to come back to the UK and I was going back to my normal job as a teacher I had one final holiday, one, uh, just enough money left aside to have a holiday and I decided to go to a place called Fiji which is um, quite close to Australia and I spent the last of my money booking accommodation in Fiji and I spent two nights in a really really nice five-star hotel which was far and away the best accommodation that I could find in Fiji at the time and it just so happened that because i would paid a little bit of extra money to go first class or to to stay in five-star accommodation that I started meeting people who would regularly stay in five-star accommodation and Paul was one of those people so I actually bumped into Paul on a beach in Fiji and he was being paid to be there so his ticket his accommodation everything was was paid for so that he could go and speak at an event in Fiji and as soon as he told me about that I said immediately I need to know how to do this because I love traveling I love uh, working with other people I love teaching I'm speaking to people um, and the idea that you can do this all over the world and have an online business and not be tied to a location was for me at the time, I realized maybe not for yourself and not for your generation now, but for me at the time, was it was normal that you had to go to a place of work every day. And mm. when when Paul made me realize, that actually, you don't need to do that and you can have an online business, that's when I, I committed and I said, right, when I get back to England, I'm going to join your program. I want to know everything that there is to know about it and I'm going to do it. I'm committed because I want to have the... The freedom and the flexibility to be able to work from anywhere, and to be able to help people on a global scale as well.
1: Yeah, that that reminds me. I, th- I was at an event and I heard a quote from. Oh, well, I, they someone quoted someone like Jim Roan or someone like that. Yeah. And he'd been asked a question: uh, if you if you were down to your last fiver, what would you do with it? So he had no other money apart from the five pounds and he said that he'd go to the swankiest, most expensive hotel in the whole yeah. of London and he'd buy a cup of tea because the people that were there are the people that could help him get out of that situation. So that yeah. kinda that kinda reminds me of that. I love it. I love
0: it. I love the fact that you know who there are not many are you fourteen, Caden? Yeah. Yeah, there are not many fourteen-year-olds that, that I know that would, or certainly when I was teaching, that would know who Jim Rohn is. So
1: yeah, I've got, I've got, his, I, I, I I've got his book Seasons of Life right here. Amazing. So I've I've been reading through that. Good on you.
0: Yeah, oh, good on you. That's great. Amazing.
1: But uh, as we're talking about books, have there been any books that have changed your, changed your life or your thinking? Oh,
0: definitely. Um I tried to listen to a book at least once a week using Audible. Um the first book I was ever recommended was by Paul when I met him in Fiji and he recommended a book called Dotcom Secrets by Russell Brunson. Do you know that one?
1: Uh who by, sorry?
0: By Russell Brunson.
1: I think I've heard his name but I haven't heard the book.
0: Okay. So .com Secrets is... is, Russell Brunson is the founder of ClickFunnels.
1: Oh, okay. I might might not
0: know. Yeah, Yeah. okay. So he's the founder of ClickFunnels. And when I met Paul uh, to give me an overview of how online business worked and how creating information products worked, he recommended .com Secrets. So whenever I speak to anybody about getting started, like the foundation, I always recommend that book. Um, So if you don't have a copy, then I would highly recommend getting one um because it's it's, yeah, it's fantastic and it gives you a real over a lot of the things you will already know but it will just give you a real high level overview of how it works um aside from that i 'm looking over now at my bookshelf there 's quite a few the the one that i 've I recommend to people most at the moment is probably not actually sort of um an online marketing book or a, a self help book or personal development book but it's it 's um the book called Shoe Dog, which is the story of Nike or Nike.
1: Mm. Have you heard of that? Mm.
0: Yeah. So the guy who wrote that, I can't. Remember, I think it's Phil Knight is the. Uh, it's he's the founder of Nike, and his story. That book I found amazing. I must have given it to about ten people last year. Um, and it's 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 an entrepreneur story. It's an entrepreneurial story, and you hear about the amount of risks he had to take and. Uh, the chances he was taking and the team that he built and just how hard he worked but how dedicated he was and you feel that he really enjoyed every step of the journey and it's there's a lot of messages in there there's a lot of learning in there there's a lot of teaching in there which is really valuable but at the same time it's not it's not taught fact by fact it's a story it's telling about his life and that's why i think it's so interesting and so exciting so that would be a second one and the final one that I'd recommend, which I'm looking at now, I'm reading at the moment, is a book by a guy called Dr. John D. Martini.
1: Oh, yeah, I've heard and of him.
0: You know him? Yeah, I've heard of him, yeah. Uh, he, he's done some, if you know Rob Moore, he's done a couple of podcasts with Rob Moore. Um, and I went to see uh, John D. Martini early this year, give his event, which is called The Breakthrough Experience. And he has a book called How to Make One Hell of a Profit and Still Get to Heaven. And I would definitely recommend that because there's some great strategies in that book, similar to um, sort of similar to what I'll share with you the the I Need Money book about managing your money, uh, different ways of saving your money, where to where to how to divide your money up so that you're always going to have enough no matter what happens. Um, and it's it's it really it's really powerful to think about your mindset around money as well. Yeah. Um, and maybe not for yourself at the moment, but certainly when people get older, and we find this, you know, when we talk to people in their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, that sometimes people's mindset around money can be quite closed. Um, and I hope that you're in the, the position now as, you know, only 14, where you're quite open to lots of um, exciting ideas and really open to different ideas to, to to the potential, you know, with money. And it doesn't always have to be seen as a bad thing, doesn't have to be seen as a negative, but actually allows you to do lots of things that you want to do, Um, and it can be, you know, it's given in in exchange for for fair value uh, that you're providing to other people.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Now, in the Nike book, it probably talks a lot about uh, working hard, so, and there's a stat that we're, because I do business studies for school, and there's a stat that we're always told, I don't know why. 'Cause they're trying to teach you how to like run a business. <laughs> but it's it's in the first in the first year, uh, I think it's something yeah. like ninety-five percent of businesses fail. So yeah. did wait, well, had you heard that stat when you started your business?
0: Had I heard that stat I, I had heard that stat and it was I've I've heard it quite a few times when I before I started the business. And I remember speaking to Paul when he teaches about the importance of an online business, which is that most traditional businesses, as in businesses maybe where they have a location, they have like a, an actual building, and they have staff, and they have products, and uh, they need to pay the, the heating, and the electric, and the water bill, and all these kind of things. Those are the ones that, that we talk we think about when we think about traditional business. Now, the advantage with online business, and, and you'll know this when you do arbitrage, and you're selling, other people's products and you buy them low and then you sell them high is um that you the beauty of an online business is that you can we can now set up a lot of things very very quickly very very easily um within you know within a within a few hours really when when you know the system and once you once you know the system it allows you to test very, very quickly if an idea is going to work, and if it, if, if if you test it and it, it looks like it's going to work, then we can start to invest a bit of time, invest a bit of money in that. But the other advantage is that, that if we test it and it doesn't work and it's not getting a response, then we're not spending three months, six months, nine months, 12 mm. months uh, finding out and testing if it's going to work. We can test it within a very short amount of time, mm. and we can start to see results really, really quickly. And... And that process has been speeded up now by running adverts. You know, if you can, it's no longer a case of time, it's a case of how much money you can put into spending on Facebook, Instagram, and other platforms, ads on other platforms, because you get results a lot faster when you run ads. So, yes, I've heard the start. Um, I think that's probably going to, ch- or I hope it's going to change as people move onto business or onto an, an online business more frequently in the future. And hopefully it will decrease as people become aware of of the systems and the best practices for setting up an online business, testing very, very small. Um, And if something works, continuing. But if something doesn't work, then they can stop and then they can change that direction.
1: When you first started, did did it scare you that you were going to go into a completely different world and you might fail?
0: Terrifying. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely terrifying. And... For a long time, I, and, and this is something I think which came from my background as a teacher and both of my parents are teachers, five out of my six aunts and uncles are teachers, so
1: wow.
0: very, I know, a real teaching background. Um, something that I think was drilled into me at school is that, that if you didn't succeed, then you you failed, you know, because in in the school, in the school or certainly the school system where I was, may, it may be changing now, but... If you didn't succeed, if you didn't hit a specific target or get a specific grade, then that was classed as a failure.
1: Yeah, I've, um, got, that. I've got that as well. Yeah, we, exactly. For, for our, in, I'm in year ten, and if yeah. we don't hit our GCSE targets, then that's considered a failure, and we have to do a retest after retest until we get that yeah. target grade. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I
0: know. I, I used to go through that system. I used to. Help
1: students and children go through that system. How does that make you feel? Um, like because my target... our target grades are based on our Key Stage Two Sats, and I did I did really well in my Sats, so my targets are really high. So I have to, it feels like I always have to like if I don't get it, then I just haven't. I haven't. I could get a really good grade. Like I could get a seven, and if I, had, I haven't hit my target, then I could just feel like I've. I haven't done enough, but in business, if I fail, then I don't take I don't take it like that. I kind of take it as a lesson for like what not to do in the future. But it's yeah, it's, it's just yeah. a different like whole feeling at school. I think. Mm.
0: Yeah, I can understand that. I can definitely understand that. I think I was exactly the same when I started in business. I I I thought that. Uh, Failure or success was the opposite of failure. You know that you, if you didn't succeed, then you were
1: definitely going to fail. And I actually think now that success, well, that
0: failure is on the road to you succeed You have to fail, and then you have to fail again, and you have to fail in a different way, and you have to keep making mistakes. And and actually, I think it's um, there was the, is it the quote by Einstein where he says, I think it took him ten thousand times to to make to um, get the light bulb or something like. I can't remember exactly what it was. But he found 10,000 or 9,999 ways of of doing it wrong before he'd actually worked out the way to do it right. Um, And I think it's the same with business is that if if you're, you have to be prepared to make mistakes, you have to be prepared for things to go wrong, you have to be prepared for things to fail so that you can grow and you can learn from those experiences as well. Um, But if you already have that, that mindset, and I think you already, you understand that already, certainly in a business context. Maybe, maybe outside of school and in a business context. Then I think you've you've got a great opportunity to get out there and make lots of mistakes and um, and learn from them and then improve.
1: Yeah. When you were my age, did you ever think that you were going to own your own business or be successful like you are?
0: Um, I had. I definitely didn't think I would own my own business. I remember when I was sixteen my three best friends uh, we we used to walk to school together every day and it was about 20 minutes to and 20 minutes from um, home and we walked to school together every day and every single one of them, all three of them, knew exactly what they wanted to do. Mm. One of them wanted to be a doctor and now he's a doctor mm. one of them wanted to be a solicitor uh, and a lawyer and now he is and the other one wanted to be an architect and he is so you could argue that all three of those knew exactly what they wanted to do and they all achieved it. So that's successful. Um, at the time, I had no idea what I wanted to do. I could argue that even still, I don't know really what I want to do, but I'm enjoying what I'm doing right now. And I think the biggest thing that's changed is what success looks like to me. Because when I was a lot younger, even you know, even just a, a few years ago, I the, the way of success to me is very different to what it was when I was you know, when I was a lot younger. And I thought I had to impress people or earn a certain amount of money or live a certain lifestyle or wear certain clothes to be seen as being successful by other people. But I think as you get as you get more but not necessarily older, but more mature and you understand yourself more, then actually success to one person might be lots of money. But success to somebody else might be fantastic health and success to somebody else might be A loving family Hmm. and success to somebody else might be being very spiritual so at the moment I'm I feel very fortunate and I feel very lucky that I get to do what I love every day so to me that is successful and I hope that as what I want to do changes each day and in the in the years to come and the decades to come that I can continue to do those things in the future and if I do then I guess I would continue I would class that as being successful and that's not just in business but that's in all different areas of life as well
1: yeah so you talk about it when, when there you said that you didn't really know what you wanted to do when you were my age but when did you yeah. start realizing that you wanted to get out of that, the teaching cycle and how important do you think goals are now
0: yeah so when I was when I was teaching, when I was at university, when I was at school, I didn't set goals. It was it was just a case of get up in the morning, go and do the day, come home, feel tired, and then go to bed and then wake up again and do the same again. And I didn't really set goals. I didn't think about the bigger picture. I was just going day to day, and I was focused in very, very small. Um, I knew... So over over the eight years that I was a teacher, I taught in four different schools. So I actually did two years in one school, then I moved and did two years, then I moved and did another two years. And for a long time, I thought maybe it was the school. And then I thought maybe it was the city, because I changed cities where I was teaching. And then I thought maybe it's the the subject. So I actually changed quite a lot of things before I realized, actually, you know what? maybe it's just the job yeah. maybe it's just not what I'm suited for and maybe it's not what I the exact place that I want to be and that I should be and once I had realized that then it was extremely exciting if I'm honest because I think a lot of people in their jobs and, and again hopefully not 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 at such a young age but when people get older um, people have a lot of fear about leaving their jobs and money and security and things um, but for me, once I'd realised that that was not what I wanted to do I was very, very excited because I thought well this is great because I know what I don't want to do and now there's so much opportunity and possibility to go and find out what I do want to do and that was what really excited me um, so I, I, I kind of ask you the same question, do you, do you know what your journey's going to be beyond school?
1: Um, I don't think I like... I know what I want to do. I don't want to work for anyone, so I know that is one of my goals. But I don't, I don't want to set it out step by step, because then if an opportunity comes and that's not what I think I want to do, and that's what I need to do, then I'm just gonna I'm just gonna push that aside. So I don't yeah. I don't have it set out like step by step, but I have some. I I don't want to work for someone. That's that's my main goal in my life, but I used to, for a long time I didn't want to go to university, uh, okay. because I wanted to focus on building up a business, but I think, I, I don't know if that's changed, just because of the experience and like me getting older, um, Yeah. but yeah, I, I'm not 100% sure what I want to do, but I, I'm not going to like take it as it comes, but I, so I have some idea, but not a set out plan. Yeah.
0: Sounds good, and I've, and you've got plenty of time to decide and think about it and change your mind as well.
1: Yeah, I still haven't even chosen my A levels yet, so <laughs>
0: there's plenty of time.
1: Yeah. So, how important do you think goals are? Goal setting is in business.
0: I think I think you need to have a clear idea of where you're going, um, and and even if. Even if you don't, even if that changes uh, or even if you change direction or even if you don't make it to where where you're planning or where you're aspiring to get to, I think you need a direction or or people need a direction as to where they're going. Um, And again, that comes back to what success looks like for different people. So people have different goals in their business, with their finances, with their health, with their family, all these different areas. And I think if you can have a, an idea of, of what success would look like in those different areas, uh, I always do five years from now. So if I if I know what it looks like five years from now, and then I can break it down to three years, and then I break it down to one year, and then I break it down to six months, and then three months, and then one month, and then what would I need to do by the end of the week to start moving me towards that really, really long-term uh, goal, that long-term plan? And and if you're... if So... I I would I'll
1: ask you Do you do you set goals at the moment? Uh, I set short term goals, but for school, I've i they set goals for me as to what I, they think I should get, but I set I set my own goals for the for other things. Yeah. But I'm not very I'm not I'll be honest I'm not very good at setting goals. They're quite weak, uh, but I was I was told that that they have to they have to be very, uh, specific. So there has to be that yeah. like, where you want to get and how you're going to get there and all the bits in between. Um, so I I set goals, um, but they're quite they're quite weak goals. I'm not going to lie. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, if uh, if if they are weak
0: at the mo- well, if they're weak in when you say weak, if, if that's because they're not really clearly defined. Hmm. Then you could probably improve how you define them. But if they're weak, meaning that you're you're not really drawn towards working towards them, then maybe it's not what you really want to do. it's
1: the first one. Yeah, okay, it's the first one.
0: Okay,
1: okay.
0: So if that was the case, there's 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 lots of different structures that, that you can use to help you. Uh, the most well known one, and the most um, sort of well renowned one, will be something called SMART goals. Have you heard of those?
1: Um, no, I haven't.
0: Okay. So I would I'd recommend looking at something called Smart Goals, S M A R T, um, and they they will help you create goals which are really achievable. So it's not for example, and again this wouldn't be applicable to you, but it's a real easy example, is if somebody said in two thousand and twenty, I want to lose weight, then you know, they they might go for a run and they've lost weight. Have they achieved their goal? Well, yes, they have, but it's very, very broad and very, very open. Mm. But if that, same, if that same person says, by the end of 2020, I want to lose 30 pounds from where I am now, or I want to weigh 10 stone or 15 stone or 7 stone or whatever is normal, um, or whatever their target weight is, then it's a lot clearer for them to measure. It's, it's very specific and very measurable about if they're going to achieve it or not so that might be again obviously I don't know what all of your goals are but that might be something quite useful if you look at smart goals that might help really articulate how do I know if I've hit that goal how do I know if I've missed that goal and then how do I know if I need to adjust and, and realign it as well
1: yeah thank you very much um, so what do you think are some good tips for success online in 2020 because there's, uh, there's a lot of talk that so that a lot of changes gonna happen on social media, and yeah. uh, a lot of things are gonna blow up and calm down. So, what do you think mm-hmm. are gonna be some good tips for success online? Yeah. So
0: the we could talk very specific details, or we could talk broader strategies. So I'll give you a couple of each, um, and and hopefully they will they'll be quite useful. The first one is is always the same. And it's been the same for um, as long as I've been doing online business and as long as Paul, my mentor, has been doing online business. And that is to build an asset. So people talk about assets in the the real world, which are things that pay them rather Mm. than take money away. They're things that pay them. And the asset that people can build online is an email database. Um, Because if you have an email database, an email list, it means that, If you lose your Instagram account or your Facebook account or your Twitter or your TikTok or your YouTube channel or podcast, then you still have an email database where you can contact the core people who can be your clients and customers. And and nobody can take that off you. So long as you look after it and you, you nurture it, then nobody can take that off you. So building a database, I would say, is first and foremost the most important thing. And the best example of that that I can think of that, that everybody would know would be Facebook. Facebook is a is a um, is worth I don't know over five hundred billion dollars or something like that I think now. Probably much more than that. And the reason that they're so valuable is because they have people's data. And they've got two point four billion users on the planet now who use Facebook and they cut like, what they're doing now is they're giving the or they're they're connecting more people across the world onto the internet because they can't get more people on Facebook, so they're getting more people on the internet, so they can then bring those people onto Facebook as well because that's how they're going to continue to grow. So that's that's a great a huge example, I guess, but a really common example mm. of the importance of building a database. So that's number one. The second one, I think, you always have to uh, again. This is more broad. You always have to be um, very very open, very honest and have integrity in what you do in your business, you must be honest at all times um, increasingly now online it's easy for people to get started with a business it's easy for people to set up with a business but it's also easy for people to tear people down and, and, um, and um, say quite negative things and almost destroy a business as well because that's what social media allows people to do it and allows people to communicate very quickly so that will, be, that will be something else, is always maintaining your integrity and conducting yourself, you know, as you, as you, and treating others like you want to be treated and running your business the right way. So they will be the, the sort of two things on a broader scale. On a slightly more focused and a more narrow scale, my suggestion would be that looking at um, paid advertising, I think is going to be increasingly important more and more and more and more companies are going to move online and they're going to want to know how to do paid advertising, first of all. Um, The cost of advertising and running ads on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube and all these other platforms is only going to go up now. It can't go down anymore. It's only going to go up. So if people want to build their email list, build their business before all these huge, huge companies come in, then now's the time. Um, So I think that's going to be really important. And... I guess one other thing. If you have any specific, then let me know. And we can talk about those. But I think one other thing is video. And by 2021, I think it is. So let's say about 13, 14 months from now, uh, they they predict that about 80% of everything online is going to be video. 80% of everything. So chances are that if if yourself or my or me or companies. Um, are not producing video, they're not creating video, they're not doing Facebook Live and Instagram Live and maybe a YouTube channel as you're you're doing, Um, then they're going to get left behind because more people want video, they want to see video, Um, they want to engage with video, they want to comment on video. And if people aren't doing that, then they're probably going to get left behind as well. What about yourself? Do you have any things that you think are going to happen next year or do you have any specific questions about
1: areas that you're going to put your focus on? Um, I think I'm going to put quite a lot of focus into the the business to get people number one on YouTube and Google, because as you said, um, there's going to be a lot of people coming onto YouTube that aren't already on there, and there's, well, I've found a way that you can harness all of that and get to number one, uh, all of the, basically, free traffic. So, I think I'm going to focus a lot on that. Uh, because there's a lot of people that don't know the full potential of how many leads and stuff you can get from using that uh, but i I have a friend who runs his own online business and he's very successful. He does drop shipping and he contacts big instagram page pages directly uh, and Asks them to promote him. Obviously, he pays them. But yeah. apart from that, what uh, what else do you think is a good way to get your name out there and build your list?
0: To build to build your list or to build your brand?
1: Uh, both. Both.
0: Um, well, if you if you want to build your brand and you want to to be seen by more people on social media, then the best way now is to run adverts on most platforms. If you're doing it, let's say, on um, people do it on Facebook or Instagram, the best way is still to run adverts, um, not necessarily to, to get leads and to get clients and customers, but just to raise brand awareness. So sharing videos, posting videos which are, say, up to one minute long. And then it just raises your awareness because if people are seeing you more often, obviously they're going to be more aware, so then they start to follow, they start to like, and they engage with you. Um, so paid, paid advertising is a really good way of doing that. And some of the strategies that I use with clients, um, you know, you can do it from $1 a day. You can literally spend $1 a day promoting a video, which is it's nothing. Um, for people to get started and to raise the awareness of of others and raise awareness of their business. Uh, A a strategy on Instagram, I think your friend is doing exactly the right thing, He's contacting bigger accounts and asking for promotions and and, shout-outs so that they can help grow their audience. That's one of the biggest income streams that we have, particularly last year, is we, from our, our big accounts, the ones that have to you know, 200,000, um, quarter of a million followers, we would offer promotions and shout outs to smaller accounts to help grow their following. So that's a really, really powerful way of doing it as well. Um, and the, I think on Instagram specifically, uh, if, if that's where you focus and you, you mentioned your friend on Instagram, the third way I'd say is, is engagement groups which, or comment pods, as people say, and um, you're nodding your head, so I guess you kind of know what they are. I don't need to explain them too much, but uh, they are a really, really good way of getting lots of people to comment and like on your posts all at the same time, which means that the Instagram algorithm sees that, and then it gives more visibility to your posts and more visibility to your content, so you can get more follows, more likes, more comments, and then it kind of grows from there. So they will be my, my biggest suggestions, I think, at the moment. One of them, is that running ads the second one is contacting big accounts and asking for promotions and shout outs and then the third one would be uh, engagement groups and comment pods
1: yeah uh, thank you very much uh, and just one last question uh, who does who inspires you to carry on and get up every day and do your business well um,
0: that's a great question who inspires me I don't. I don't necessarily know that there's one particular person that mm. inspires me. Um, I I think it's probably what I want to achieve in the future and what the bigger goals are that that get me excited and that uh, inspire me. The if it's if we're talking about role models, I think which would be a sort of a similar question. I think the the big difference that I find today. Versus when I was, let's say, in school, for example, is that when I was in school, people got their role models from TV, and they were mm. celebrities, and they were famous people on TV, um, in, in films and things, um, or perhaps in books. But now, I think we're in a totally different world and a totally different environment where you get influencers and micro-influencers and people doing podcasts and YouTube channels and Netflix and all this kind of stuff. So all of a sudden there's an opportunity for everybody to to be an influence and everybody to be a role model. And some of the biggest people who inspire me are, are traditionally famous, similar to, I imagine, yourself. They're not traditionally famous through TV and movies and stuff, but they are more people who I really identify with online. And the beauty now of online business is that you can find people who have specific interests similar to yourself. Um, so the people that I enjoy following the most are people like um, Dr. D. Martini, John Demartini, Martini, who I've already mentioned. When it comes to uh, personal growth and wealth, then there's people like Tim Ferriss. Uh, if, you, oh, yeah, if you're I've familiar heard of with them. him, Tim Ferriss has uh, yeah his podcast. So I'm a big yeah. fan of his podcast. Um, and then also I think there's a lot of a lot of authors out there and a lot of people whose books I enjoy reading um Tony Robbins is a, a pretty obvious one who's been at the top of the game for a very long time very well known uh, in that space but then I also and like people like Rob Moore I find very very inspirational in what he's done but increasingly um, you know 10 years ago or so or even when I was teaching I couldn't imagine having a conversation with with somebody in year 10 about setting up their own business and building a brand online and all these kind of things, we have be talking about something totally different. So certainly in the future, when I hope to um, work more with, with young people, teenagers, young people, about how they can manage their finances, become financially smart and build businesses online, then I think people like yourself um, are very inspirational as well. So lots of different places, and I think that's the exciting world that we live in now is that there's something for everybody and we can all – find somebody who inspires us and I think having somebody that inspires us and somebody who helps us um, level up, if you like, and improve and increase our game is, is just fantastic, it really, really is, and it's really, really um, inspirational, motivational for, for, for people, if you find the right people and if you're committed to, to what you want to achieve in the future
1: Yeah, I think I think I agree with that, that there's so many different places where you can get inspiration from. You could go outside and get inspired by something that you just saw. So I think that's actually I think Absolutely. that's very true. But uh do you have any question do you have any other questions for me?
0: I'd just like to know what the what what's the, the biggest challenge that you have with your own business at the moment and is there anything that I or anybody that I know could support you with? Um
1: I think the biggest challenge at the moment is because, well, the the business that I'm focusing on in the moment, as I mentioned quite frequently, is getting people to number one, and yeah. the thing that the only thing that I'm struggling with at the moment is uh, converting um, leads into deals. Okay. Uh, I think it it's just it's just like a moral thing inside where you just expect, you think, because you believe in your product so much that you think it's going to deliver every time uh, and it obviously it doesn't, no, it, your product isn't suited for everyone but it's just so, it's, that's the only thing that I'm struggling with at the moment is just turning leads into sales and not if they don't, if, and if they don't work, not letting that get to me and like, I uh, think yeah. that it's my bit that that is something that I'm doing. So what's
0: what's the what's the cha- is the, is it is the challenge that 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 your leads aren't converted to customers, or is it that the customers? If you're working with customers, then you're not getting them the results that you've you said you're going to get.
1: Oh no no person, I I so. can do that. It's, it's you're the, getting the results great. Yeah yeah, and some some of them are converting. It's just about like the ones that aren't. Yeah. Uh, because i believe in the product so much it it kind of i don't really know how to say it it's just a bit annoying for me as a as a person because I, yeah. as i said i think it's going to work and then other people just don't so that's yeah. why that's what i'm trying to go over because this is the first time that i've actually had to sort of pitch myself to clients and talk to them and get deals in because of okay. my arbitrage business, uh, I was kinda like the middle man and I didn't have any I didn't have any contact with either of the clients. So I so yeah, it's just it's just overcoming that. That's my, I think that's my biggest yeah. challenge at the moment.
0: Okay. Well I, I think I think two things two things on that is that you your product isn't gonna be right for everybody. Um, so it, not, not everybody will go for it because not everybody. Perhaps it isn't suitable for every single business. Um, would be the first thing. Um, the second thing is that some people will. Some people, it's just not the right time, um, and it's it's no no reflection on you or no reflection on the business or that, that it doesn't work. But we work with people, and we'll talk to them in one month, and then we might not see, they'll say no, and then we'll speak to them six, nine months later, and then they they say yes, because it just wasn't the right time for them. And I think if you, so long as you maintain a really positive relationship with them, and even people that say no, I think it'll be really valuable for you to find out why they've said no. So maybe ask them a quick questionnaire uh, um, about why they've said no, why it's not suitable. And then what you can do is you can learn from that. And then in the future, if they're talking about specific things, so long as you can handle those objections, and that would be a big thing is people will object. If you can handle those objections and show them why they need it for their business, that could be really, really powerful as well. So that might also work.
1: Thank you very much for your advice.
0: Pleasure. Absolute pleasure.
1: Uh, One last thing for the people that are listening. uh, where Where can they find you on social media or website?
0: So the best place to find me on social media would definitely be on Instagram. So on Instagram, it's Jake Adam Davey, D-A-V-E-Y, or one word. And you can also find me on the website, which is jakeadamdavey.com. And I'll be really, really excited to meet anybody who's listened to the podcast and um, to hear about what they're doing, hear about what they're, if they're into business or if they're just getting started with business. Um, so yeah, they can find me. Instagram or the website of the best places.
1: Thank you very much for talking to me today. It's been a pleasure. Pleasure. Thank you
0: so much, Caden. Really enjoyed it. Thank you.
1: Thank you. So that was the interview with
0: Caden. I do trust that that was useful. There's some incredible questions in there, and uh, I hope you had a little bit of fun listening along as well. Just a huge thank you from me for listening along to this episode. If it was uh, if you enjoyed the format, if you enjoyed the conversation, uh, if you enjoyed. The, the, the different angle, instead of me interviewing somebody, but somebody interviewing me, you then let me know. If it didn't work, then again, let me know, but always prepared to try different things. And and again, for me, it's just great to to talk to people who are doing this every day, hungry to learn, hungry to get new ideas, as am I as well, and I trust that you are as well. So thank you so much for being with us. Thanks for joining. I do trust that you enjoyed the interview with Caden Santanir from the Young Entrepreneur Podcast. And of course, I do look forward to seeing you on the next episode of the Influence Podcast. Take care, and I'll see you very, very soon. Hi, friends. Jake here again. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. You can find links to anything that we've discussed, books, trainings, other podcasts, uh, anything currently that we're enjoying, you will find those in the show notes. Or you'll find it somewhere in and around all the information that you usually find in a podcast. And a reminder that if you'd like to know more about what I do, if you want more of tools, resources, any recommendations, readings, uh, free training, products and such, then you can find all of that on the website jakeadamdavy.com. Equally, if you want to come over and say hello, Instagram is always the best place and the account is at jakeadamdavey.